Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because I have such an incredible guest with us today, Robert Green. Robert is the owner of Melbourne Business Advisors, a small business advisory service that helps small business owners improve their revenue, earnings, valuation, leading to a better exit event. Robert has been a volunteer business mentor with Florida Institute of Technology's We Venture in Night 360 program for more than five years, helping small business owners improve their financial and operational performance. Robert is also the author of The Simple P&L System, How to Leverage Your P&L Like an MBA. And thank you so much for being here today, Robert. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Dr. Carolyn. This is so exciting to be here with you, too. Yes. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we can dive a little bit deeper. Sure. Um, you know, I think the, the the journey that started for me, um, because my my grandparents and parents owned businesses, local businesses, uh, stores, uh, grocery stores, actually. It was Jack's Food for Thought initially. Uh, that was the my grandfather's starting store and, and his business name. And, um, you know, working with, with within the family business, uh, they, they ended up growing uh, the business from like three grocery stores and nine convenience stores. And um, I watched that progression grow. My dad kept asking me at, you know, early on, hey, I really need a tool to come up with pricing strategies for, for, my, for my store. I just want a quick calculator. Can you? And so it was great to learn a little bit of technology at the time. It was you know, back in the 80, early 80s. And, you know, computers were just coming out to the open market. So it was, it was fun as a kid to develop programs to, to do simple business problems. You know, how do you calculate pricing and how do you, how do you do these, these things? So it was, it was great at that time to learn some technology and get some skill set around how to develop um, the pricing models, how to control inventories and and things like that. And then uh, after my grandfather passed, he, he, basically willed all the stores to the, to the people that were running them. So my, my dad ran a store and, and the other 12 people ran their stores from that point on. And, and it was, it was great to see uh, that they can, they can continue their journey running and owning their businesses without any encumbrances. Um, and throughout my career, I've uh, been involved with helping uh, establish businesses and get them growing and get them figured out. And a couple of years, five, just over five years ago, I started volunteering at the Women's Business Center at Florida Tech um, and in a program called We Venture Ignite 360, helping women-owned business owners um, in a six-month uh, program to help get their head around their business, uh, to grow as leaders, to grow financially, to figure out how to scale their business and, or do whatever their next step happens to be. Um, and so now I've just formalized that a little bit more and built out a program basically as a result of my experience there that I call the Simple PL System. I wrote a book about it called the Simple PL System um, to help easily explain the, the, both the finances of, of a company and 
strategies to help control the levers that drive that PL statement um, so that you can grow your business and, and quickly learn to, um, to do what you need to do to double your earnings, uh, to, to you know, set up that path towards whatever your end goal is, whether it's to just have a lifestyle business or to sell your business as an asset, you know, three to five years from, from whenever you want or whatever the, the case may be. Um, and so we, that's where we're at. Yeah, well, I so appreciate you sharing that. And I'm so curious, when you started working at um, Florida Technology and being able to work with these women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. what was that step? How did you get from like where you were to start doing that? Well, um, I was, I volunteered for a mentoring program called um, uh, Startup Quest uh, back in 2013. And the program, one of the program leads was, um, was, was working at Florida Tech and she needed some volunteers to help with her business program. Um, there's, there's probably 20 volunteers in this particular program of very different business leaders, um, you know, with various skill sets that come in and provide services and, and volunteer to help these, these businesses uh, face their next challenge and, and to grow. Um, and they needed one more volunteer and, and they said, hey, we'd really love you, love it if you can come talk to us and, and share some of what you know with our, with our, some of our programs. And um, I really had grabbed onto this, this Ignite360 program uh, and have, have volunteered with at least a dozen different companies over the past five years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love the experience because there's so much that, is, that I learned. Uh, not not only does uh, the clients learn, but I learn as well, uh, because every situation is different. You know, you learn, learn about new industries, you learn about uh, really the some good details about different industries that you never would have thought of. You know, um, having having a background in um, stores and engineering, and you know whatever whatever has come my way, uh, I've not been experienced exposed to. Um, all the businesses in the world. So it's been, it was really a great education uh, for me, but it, but it, I think because the science of business is relatively universal, mm-hmm. you know, there's certainly different aspects to every business, but because the science of your business is universal, we're able to apply the same strategies um, and, and maybe the tactics may change, but the strategies are basically the same to grow a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's that foundation piece to be able to build upon. Like once you build one successful business, you can build others too, because you have the skill set to do so. And I love that you were exposed to so many different types of businesses and just the way people were going about it, but you still had those foundational pieces is in order to build upon that. And I love that because I think it's so important to bring different perspectives, but it expands our mind too. When we hear of a new business idea, it's a new business idea. The way to go about it doesn't have to be new. Exactly. Uh, You can engineer almost any business uh, using the same strategies. Like I said, the tactics may be different. Mm -hmm. Uh, The terminology is certainly going to be different. Uh, the regulations may be different, but the strategies are still the same, right? You still need to control your your uh, your lead flow and understanding your market and understanding how you can maximize that that market or make it more efficient for you. You have to learn how to sell 
You have to make sure that you're selling, you have a process for selling uh, and, and that you've, you've made it very efficient. Uh, yeah. Efficiency is really key, right? Because you want to improve the bottom line and every step in this process, whether it's leads, whether it's sales, whether it's fulfillment, whether it's manufacturing or, or whatever costs are involved in, um, in delivering your, your visit, your value, um, there's things that we can all do to tweak each one of those steps and every one that we do uh, make more efficient or more effective, we end up with a better looking bottom line and an asset that you can be proud of and do something else with besides just work it until you're ready to call it done and turn off the lights. Right. We want to, we want to work you towards a better exit, not, not just, closing it down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know you talk so much about leadership and as it's a fundamental skill set that we have as entrepreneurs and need to continuously develop what or which particular skills do you see that are the most needed? The most needed skill that leaders need to have is listening. It's openness to receiving information from the people that we work with. Uh, being able to receive feedback without criticism, without feeling like it's personal, uh, listening to what the team suggests, what, what, whoever your team is, whether it's one person or a hundred people, being able to understand that you're providing the vision. Mm-hmm. Your job is to convey vision into reality or translate vision into reality. And you have to share that vision regularly, but you need to listen to the people that you're trying to lead so that they can help get in alignment with your vision, or you can find ways of, of putting people where they're going to provide the most value mm-hmm. without compromising anything, right? So that you know, not compromising serious things anyhow, but you can move people where they're more talented, for example, in order to achieve that, that value that you see in the future. But if you can't do that because you've got a, a very rigid mindset, a, a very top-down communication style, uh, then that, that tends to frustrate employees and we end up having a, a cost that we don't want, right? And that cost of burning people out or the cost of uh, churn where you have to retrain people and they're, they're not effective immediately. Uh, generally speaking, they can be if they come in experienced enough. But um, if you want somebody to know the skill set that you want them to work on, then you have to provide a, a framework for that. You have to listen to their challenges so that you can help them overcome those challenges. Uh, you have to help them achieve their dreams. Uh, I have a, um, uh, a friend of my long-term friend of mine. He's, he's, he was actually my recruiter in the army. Um, and he retired a few years ago, but he owns one of the largest event companies in event management companies in the country. And he says, I found that I had to, uh, he, he called it loving on his people, making sure that his people would uh, bring them his, their problems, uh, make sure that they would not just their, their technical work problems, but what about their goals in life? Do they, what do they want to achieve? Do they want to be a sales manager one day? Do they want to do, uh, they want to lead a manufacturing department or they want to do, what is it that they want to do? And what can you do to help get them to that goal? 
but you have to listen. You have to listen to how they what they need, and then you need to challenge them to step up to that role. And but you have to listen. You have to you have to make sure that you're hearing what's going on. You have to hear all that's going on around you, and it's not just about listening to the employees, but um, there's this whole concept of situational awareness, right? Uh, where you need to find out what else is going on in the world. And there's there's six or seven macroeconomic forces and opportunities that we need to pay attention to so that we can help drive our business successfully into the future. And that's that has to play into this equation of listening to make your business better. And it's, it is a fundamental leadership skill that, that we all need to spend a little bit more time thinking about, I think. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree. I do think it's such a key element too, when it comes to building a business, to running a business, to being able to really take hold of what people are saying, or maybe even what they're not saying, just like the environment, what you were mentioning too, at least that's what I was picking up of understanding Mm -hmm. when we really truly listen to what people are going through, seeing that there is burnout happening, understanding that overall, when it gets a little overwhelming, how do you reach out to the people that are working for you? How do you acknowledge that and see, okay, maybe that's a part of their weakness. How can we move that into their strengths? What are their strengths? Are we helping them achieve their goals and their dreams and being able to be so cohesive as a unit? And I think that's the biggest part of when you see these thriving business, it comes down to like, I was just talking about this, like work culture and being able to understand that, but it starts with listening and really, really listening, not just listening to listen, but actively listening. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. You have to really listen, Uh, not just pay, not just accept that somebody is talking and okay, yeah, that's great. I'm sorry you have having a bad day. that's that's not going to develop that relationship. We, you know, I, I tend to look at things as, um, especially the relationships with people, as something that we typically want to develop good, durable, long-lasting relationships. Your business is a collection of relationships, right? Yeah. You have a collection of relationships with employees. It's a formal relationship. You have a collection of relationships with vendors. That's a formal relationship, and you have clients our customers that that also have a it's a more of an informal relationship but it's still a still a relationship and you may develop long lasting relationships with customers that last forever or employees or coworkers at at whatever level you're at uh, or peers in, in other organizations that are parallel uh, or adjacent to what you're doing and you need to develop these long term durable relationships and it all starts with listening for, mm-hmm. on all of those levels mm-hmm. I couldn't say better myself. And with just all the different types of businesses you've worked in and with, I'm so curious, what are maybe one or two client success stories you could share with us today? Absolutely. I've got two right on in mind. Um, the first was a, um, a client who owned a recovery house for women. Actually, she owned many houses for recovering women um, and provided services, counseling and, and career guidance and that sort of thing. Um, but she was a, um, a chief everything officer. She did everything, uh, including fulfillment of the counseling services and, and wonderful service to provide. Uh, but it began to get a little overwhelming, as you might imagine. Um, and so we had an opportunity to talk with her and figure out uh, over a little bit of time. It took a little bit of time to realize she was only talking about the services business. And um, 
once we uncovered the, the real estate components, we were able to talk to her a little bit more carefully about how she really has two different businesses and they have two different means of operating. The real estate investment side is completely different than the services side of any business. And a lot of times you might find a cost segregation study being performed to help isolate different assets, including real estate from the business. And this is one of those cases where we did something similar to that, um, yeah. not as rigorous, but it was able to help break that down into smaller chunks, two different classes of businesses, and with a little bit of uh, financial education uh, and helping her gain some confidence in knowing how to read through the scorecard, the, the balance scorecard and the financials, that really helped her really want to take a lead and growing that business and understanding how to how to do so. So I think that confidence in learning that new skill was was something that was really missing, and it really made a huge difference uh, in her success path after that. Uh, another one, uh, another client we worked with is lovely uh, company uh, owned by a husband and wife team, and they they have a uh, senior advisory senior living advisory business. They help. Mm -hmm seniors find the right facilities for their needs. Um, but there's, as you may already know, uh, a lot of times there's a lot of stress in husband and wife teams when you live together, you have a family together and you have uh, a business together. Uh, and we found that this, this wasn't just about growing the business, if you will, but there were some other aspects to the, the dynamic, including some organizational uh, modeling so that we could um, define roles better, establish schedules, um, and try to make communication the number one factor that needed to, to be worked on by everybody on the, on the project um, in order for them to find the level of success that they want. And they found great success once they've established the roles of, well, I'm going to be the CEO, and you're going to, to help me with the operational aspects and hiring and you know who does what and how, how does that work so uh, they continue to grow and flourish and and it you know it, it's more than just financials certainly you know sometimes it's about leadership sometimes it's about organizational structure uh, sometimes it is about sales and marketing but you know whatever this whatever the problem is if you have somebody to talk to it really does help to grow your business and have that sounding board and maybe think through some different ideas that you haven't uh, thought of or considerations you haven't thought of uh, to make life a little better. My goal is to make people be able to grow their business in a less stressful way, if you will. Uh, and part of that is education. Part of it is different strategies. Part of it is examining what's been done in the past and trying to find why something worked or didn't work and figure out what we need to do more of and what we need to do less of in order to find that that path forward. Yes. And it's a, such a great point too with both of those clients. And I appreciate you sharing such amazing work that you're doing in this world, helping so many other business owners achieve less stress and overwhelm because with the first client that you mentioned, just being able to really deal with all the hats she was wearing and be able to grow and thrive in their businesses versus th surviving, essentially, because that's what can happen when you're trying to do too much or focus on doing too much. And I love the fact that you were talking about the couple that you worked with and being able to identify those roles and really how communication is such a key element, even with leadership, but knowing 
who's doing what. So you're not both doing two things and trying to like butt heads versus like, what are your strengths? Focusing on those and being able to take that stress out of the situation because it can be a lot when you're trying to do so many things. And I think too, it's just, it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And I'm curious, as you started to grow your own business, what were some of the obstacles that you faced? You know, one thing I I, I think that I've had to face uh, on my own is learning to be uh, a better communicator and listening as well. Listening is is something that, that we need to be very careful about. We're not just listening to listen, like you said, mm-hmm. but listening with the intent of actually hearing what's being said, understanding all the words, not just some of the words, mm-hmm. and making sure that that we can both be reassuring and provide education where necessary or fit whatever the, the need is at that mm-hmm. time so that we can move the conversation forward, move move the mm-hmm. whole situation uh, in, the, in a direction that is in alignment with your vision, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the important part is how do we normally we find people that are um, they have a vision, but they're there's some sort of roadblock in the way. Uh, what is that roadblock? It can be up any number of things. Um, but until you listen to what the real problems are and understand that maybe there's there's things that your my biases are not going to be the same as your biases and we may have a different way of solving problems. Uh, but until we know what the true problem is, uh, and there may be more than one, uh, absolutely. And they can compound, um, but until we listen to what that is, and I've had to work, work on this a lot, is is listening because I I have always had this. Oh, I know the answer. I want to jump in and help, and that's not always that's not always effective. Uh, so now we take a little bit more time. We talk about it. So we look at the data, and that helps us make a a much better decision about how to move forward instead of just being reactive and taking that initial gut instinct to answer uh, without hearing the whole story. So that, that's really one, one of the, the most personal things that I've had to work on uh, myself is, is that listening component. But I, I highly recommend it to if you take the time to slow down and listen to what the problems are, listen to what the environment's telling you. And I'm talking, you know, the, the, the political, economics, social, scientific, technological, legal, and, and ethical environment, not just not just the what you, what's your immediate surroundings, but even though that can be very important too. Um, you know, but those things need to need to have a role in how we uh, get our get our clients, get ourselves to uh, align our actions with a vision mm-hmm. so that we can be we can find that measure of success that we're looking for. You're right too with the listening aspect because a lot of times we have these great ideas or we're like, oh, I can solve the problem because you're so excited about it and you want to help. But I love that you really take that time with the client you're working with and being able to identify, okay, let's look at everything, every factor and even environment. I love that you brought in the different aspects of environmental, like the energy that's happening, not just what's right in front of you, but everything because there's so many moving factors in everything that we do. And I'm curious because I know, like we were talking about leadership earlier, but I know there's four dimensions that to leadership in particular that a small business owner needs to develop. Can you tell us about those dimensions? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I consider that there's four dimensions in in leadership, the small business leadership in particular. Uh, the first is leading yourself. It's showing up every day. It's uh, doing the things that need to be done, take, having the, the 
discipline to uh, verify your your you know all the controls on your cash are right. It's the discipline to look at your financials. It's the discipline to share your vision on a regular basis with everyone around you so that everyone knows how to join in and, and bring that vision to reality. And there's, of course, you know, more to that, you know, it's maintaining your own, your own health, it's maintaining your own education, continuous skill development, leadership development, all these things that, that relate to your personal development. Uh, and you have to lead yourself to do that. You know, we can get lazy with, with a few things, but if we get lazy with everything, we tend to uh, not make a whole lot of progress. And once we can lead ourselves effectively and consistently, then we start working on leading our teams, right? Leading, leading our team so that they can help you in that process of realizing, mm -hmm. putting into reality our vision so that we can move the whole business forward. And that, that team leadership goes a long way when we're communicating and listening for feedback and asking for feedback from our, from our team so that we can continue to work better all along the, and, and avoid bumps in the road uh, when unnecessary. Uh, the third dimension, of course, is leading your customers, mm -hmm. right? We want to mm -hmm. lead our customers, our, our leads anyhow, uh, through the sales process, right? And we want to make sure that we uh, lead them successfully to becoming not just window shoppers, but paying customers. And then we want to figure out how to lead them into becoming regular shoppers. And we want to promote them from one service level to a higher service level um, all throughout our, our journey, that relationship. I said, said before, it's a durable relationship and we want to improve that relationship, right? Because we do want, you know, there's, there's the, you uh, business side of it, where we, we want to develop a um, cash positive value for a customer. And we want that cu customer lifetime value to increase over time and that duration to, to increase over time. And part of that is just being really good with your customers, listening to them, making sure that, that their needs are being met, but also offering the products and services that they need. Okay. And then lastly, lastly, of course, is leading your market. Okay. If you're not competing in your market uh, against all the other vendors that are providing the same products and services as you are, uh, you may be in trouble. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand what differentiates you from your competitors or how your value is measured versus how their value is measured, um, you know, how, are, how are you going to uh, take over that market share Grow your grow your business. Uh, it does require some market leadership, and uh, some of your competitors might be uh, caught off guard if you're doing something that is so far advanced uh, or provides so much value. They're they're going to wonder how are you doing that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's a that can be a good good feeling to know that you're you're gaining in market share, that you're gaining in. Uh, client base that was somebody else's client base, perhaps, and not that we don't want everybody to be successful, but we do want to have profitability as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to try to find a way to lead in our market, compete against the others. And one of the great ways we can do that is using Google and just looking at your competitors' websites side by side, right? And, mm -hmm. and if everybody is just, trans, you know, if you're just trading business cards, Right. If you're just trading contact information, whether it's on your website or whether it's on um, business card itself, 
Um, that's nice, mm -hmm. but trading contact information doesn't pay the bills. And, you know, there is an expense to those things. So we want to make sure that everything that we do starts leading towards profitable action, profitable results. Mm -hmm. And this is where the simple PL method, simple PL system comes into play, where we look at ways to um, incrementally improve each of the levers in our revenue stream and decrease our costs in our cost streams, right? In our cost of goods sold and our regular expenses. Uh, what can we do to, to affect each one of these and realize that you can have a significant improvement on the bottom line, the top line, the bottom line and your valuation of your business by making some very simple adjustments. And it's a lot easier than you might imagine to to even double your, your earnings, not just your revenue. You don't have to double your revenue to double your earnings. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you can you can make a 6% improvement in, in leads, in your sales process, in your uh, conversions, uh, maybe even in your price, uh, reduction of cost of goods sold and reduction in um, ex expenses to double your net earnings. Just a 6% improvement in those five areas. Yeah. will have that cascading effect of, of increasing your net earnings. And that way you're not working as hard mm -hmm. because things are more efficient. You're more effective in the way you communicate, you're more effective in, in all of those areas, um, but mostly because you're able to uh, define what that vision is, explain very clearly how to uh, get your team in alignment and do the things that need to happen in order for you to see the results that you want. That's so spot on. I was just thinking too, as you were saying that, I love like just the dimensions, how it all plays out. I love the fact that it really focuses back into every element of business, starting with yourself, your team, the client, and then the partnerships and the collaborations that happen, but all serve such a beautiful purpose in being able to have profit in your business because that's the whole point. Like, I mean, I think we want to help the world, change the world, but at the same time, there's a cost of goods. You're providing a service and being able to have that profit and being able to serve more because you're able to utilize that money and funnel it in a different way to continue to do what you're doing. And I, I think that's so important. I, I think you're right. Um, you know, it, it also goes a little bit further. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you have enough, when you have enough money in your life, where your, your basic needs are met, mm -hmm. then it becomes, how can you help others? Yeah. You will, you'll have the freedom to help others without feeling stressed or guilty, of course. And so when you have uh, a little bit more profit coming through the, or more earnings coming through the business, you're able to think differently about the priorities in life. And you can uh, start having a better impact, a higher impact, um, and, and have a legacy based on what you're what you're able to give back on which is which is kind of nice to think about that you could maybe help you know kids after school programs with mm -hmm. funding you, you may be able to help solve health concerns because of the, the contributions to your you know that favorite nonprofit organization that focuses on on healthcare. you may be able to help provide water to people in need or whatever because you have that extra ability to do so when you're more profitable, you can give back more to the community because that's that's really where 
we start to see a lot of happiness come from, right, is, is when we can give. So we try to encourage at least a little bit of that uh, all along the way. But you can start seeing, even if you start today with whatever you have, if you can make any kind of donation, any kind of contribution, uh, that you start seeing a measurable result. And, and of course, like everything that you measure, you want to see more of it. And if you can improve that cash flow, you know, personally, then you can probably have a bigger impact socially. Absolutely. I I love how you put that. I couldn't have said it better myself. And it really is about the giving back. But when we're able to do what we're meant to do and have that purpose, there's so many more things that we can do with having a bigger reach, being able to have, Mm -hmm. I believe money is energy as well. And it just gives you more vehicles to help more people in a different aspect. I do want to ask you though about your book. I know you have have the book that is out, but then there's another one coming. Can you tell us a little bit about both? Sure. Uh, the book that's out today is called The Simple PL System. Uh, it's available at thesimplepnlsystem.com, which actually goes to um, self published with Lulu, but it's also on Amazon if you want, if you want to go there. Um, you can also get a free copy, a uh, free PDF version if you go to my website, which is www.melbournebusinessadvisors.com. Uh, and the book that you referenced that I'm working on is actually a, a book called small business leadership skills. The idea is to work on how do we do those four, how do we address those four dimensions, right? How do we build ourselves? How do we lead our teams? How do we lead our clients? And how do we lead in the market? And we provide a number of strategies and interviews along the way to help make it a little bit more interesting than just be a, a textbook type of concept. But there's a lot to it. And hopefully it adds to the enormous body of knowledge and writings on leadership as it, as there are today. It's my small contribution to that. Hopefully it provides the a framework that can help with building your business. There is a leadership component that we all have to face when we're leading ourselves in a solo operation or whether we're leading a, a thousand person company. Um, you're, you know, there's relationships everywhere and you have to be able to lead as part of that. And sometimes leading doesn't mean being the person, the top of the company, some, anybody can be a leader. And if you can cascade that leadership ability to your team, then they'll be able to also help with leading clients, right? Uh, they'll be able to help lead in the market because your customer service will have improved because of now what, what I call intentional conversations. Mm-hmm. You, you know exactly what you're going to say. You know how you're going to get there. And the, the conversation has a destination just like You get in your car and you go someplace, but that conversation has a destination, which hopefully ends with a sale. You're going to go off track a little bit periodically. That's okay. You have a plan. You're going to get back on track and make that sale and move on to the next transaction, the next customer, the next whatever needs to happen in order to keep your business successful. Mm -hmm. And it's leading by example, right? And that's what I keep hearing throughout this conversation of just being able to do the work, but being able to help everybody on your team, whether it's just in general or the entire, if you have by yourself or a thousand people working for you, it's just really leading by example, because I think that's such a key element with leadership too. It's being able to utilize the tools that you learn and showing that to others so they can continue to do that as well and have just a cohesiveness in addition to that. 
You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and when we when you say leading by example, there's a, there's a phrase that I like to use uh, mm -hmm. that I think really helps uh, with a consistency factor. You know, we yeah. we need to, we need to be consistent. Um, yeah. We can always adapt our our behaviors and the things that we say and do, but uh, to meet whatever evolving situations or goals that may change. But uh, we want to develop and have something good to say. Say it well and say it often. And when we yeah. do those three things, mm -hmm. we have that consistency, right? And we're going to say our vision. We're going to tell everybody our vision, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see this happen over the next, you know, 10 years. I want this to happen. And, and because of that, now everybody's getting excited that they're going to help, help you achieve that vision. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's, that's part of that leadership that is needed is having that consistent reassurance. That this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to get there and um, help me get there. Help us get there. We can all see this vision come into reality. Even just thinking about it, the power of words, power of saying it in front of everybody. I love the consistency piece too, because the more consistent you are, the more progress happens. If it's the right kind of consistency of what you're trying to move forward to. <laughs> you can establish trust much better with consistent communication strategy, certainly. And you can blow it in a hurry too. So you got to be careful to be consistent and listen to what's what's happening around you so so that you can help stay on, on the right track. Yes, exactly. And I'm curious because I know you've worked with so many different business owners of all capacities. What would you say are the two top tips that you would give entrepreneurs on this journey that you've learned from or just working with all the business owners you have? I think the first one would be don't be afraid to lead. Right? Don't, don't be afraid to hire. Don't be afraid to lead. You have to grow, right? And in order to, to, to reach that next level, you're probably going to have to hire. You're going to have to lead. Uh, you're going to have to lead yourself first off, but don't be afraid to lead. Don't, don't be, and you know, actually have a thought about what is leadership to me? Um, how do people, you know, evaluate how you're, how you, how people perceive you so that you can maybe be better in tune with that interaction. And because there's many different personality types and you want to make sure that you're effectively communicating and not just saying one thing off key to everyone else. The second is, you know, when it, I want everybody to become much more confident in their financials. So develop the discipline to read them, read your financial reports every month, book half an hour every month, a repeating meeting, just book it and actually print them out and look at them. They tell you a story, you know, just like any picture does. And if you can look at many sets over time, they will tell an evolving story, not just mm -hmm. a picture, not a point in time, but they'll tell you a story over time. And what you will realize is that the financials are going to be a reflection of your decisions in the past. Mm -hmm. And what did you do? What did you decide that you were going to do or not do that allowed you to grow or that allowed you to stumble, right? And become more self-aware of what those factors are. As Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you can do better. When you look mm -hmm. back in time, you can, you can figure out what you did, and especially if you're taking notes throughout, the throughout life, right? We, we got this big order because it was Mother's Day or whatever the case may be. You'll, you'll be able to look at those one-off things and understand that 
this is a good event. Why was it good? This is a bad event. Why was it bad? Or not bad, but why did it impact us in this way? You know, when we start becoming more aware of our financials, that's the first step in our dashboard, I think. And so the first answer was to take charge, to lead. And the second mm-hmm. is to get comfortable with your financials. Start looking at the historical reasons and, and why you see the ebbs and flows that you do in the data because it does tell you a story and it can be a really fascinating story. I never looked at it as a story, but now that's going to stick with me. I, I like how you put that because you're right. It will tell you a story and it's just being able to look at it and being consistent with looking at it every month and seeing where that, that story goes and hopefully it goes up. <laughs> but but the, being able to the thing to realize, the thing to realize though, is it is a story of your decisions as the leader. Yes. Yeah. And, and you have to be open to that feedback that maybe my decisions need to be done a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I could improve in some way. And, and that type of feedback for yourself, is, for myself, is hard. Yeah. Uh, and you probably have met people that will tell you exactly the same thing, that self-critique of my decisions may be a very difficult thing to face. But it, once you do... Uh, you become self-aware and you start making better decisions almost immediately as a result of being aware. Well, I appreciate you sharing both of those tips. It gave me a food for thought. And Robert, I've been so enjoying this conversation, but where can people find you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Carolyn. This has been fantastic to be here. But if anybody wants to find out more, of course, they can go to my website, which is www.melbournebusinessadvisors.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Robert Green MBA. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Melbourne Business Advisors or M-E-L-B-B-I-Z Advisors uh, for short. And that's pretty much it. Or you can find my book on, on Lulu or Amazon or wherever you like to buy books. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for just sharing your insights on leadership and how you're really helping so many small business owners really be able to lead with the consistency and also just being able to really thrive in their business and what they're doing in this world. So I so appreciate you sharing today and being here. Well, my pleasure. And I appreciate being here with you too, uh, sharing the story and uh, what a a great hour. So (laughs) I'm really excited and thank you very much. Absolutely. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Robert today? I'm sure he would love to see that comment and we will see you on the next episode.